بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد حضرت عائشة رضي الله عنها mentions that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's habit when the last ten nights of Ramadan is to commence شد المئزر وإيقظ أهله وأحيا ليله Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to tie his belt. He would wake up his family to engage in ibadah and he himself would spend the entire night in ibadah. Shadd al-mi'zar, he would tie his belt to denote that he is now going to exert himself in ibadah. Now he is going to push himself like we say and increase the amount of ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And aqaza ahlahu that we should not forget those in the homes. We are in the masjid, but the home also, the environment should be of ibadat. So he used to wake them up, which shows that they used to also have a rest for a portion of the night. But as far as he himself, sallallahu alayhi wa was concerned, wa layla. He would stay awake the entire night. In ibadat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ulama explain mainly in salah. In another riwayah, Azad Aisha radiallahu anha says that كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يجتهد في العشر الأواخر ما لا يجتهد في غيره The amount that he would exert himself صلى الله عليه وسلم during these last ten nights was like on no other occasion. So we are fortunate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with another set of the last ten nights of Ramadan. Laylatul Qadr could be tonight. According to Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, Laylatul Qadr is most probable to be on the 21st or 23rd night. Other ulama have other opinions. In general we say that it could be any, like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, any of the odd nights of the last 10 nights. But the purpose for me saying this is, we should not slacken and wait for 27th night only like it's so famous. According to many ulama, the 27th night is a night when most of the time it is Laylatul Qadr. But there are other views also. And tonight could genuinely be Laylatul Qadr. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to spend the entire night in ibadat. We are here, alhamdulillah, in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is only through the fadl and tawfiq of Allah that we have availed ourselves. We have freed this time to be in the house of Allah, to be in the masjid. Many who are here are in the sunnah i'tikaf. They will be in the masjid for the next ten nights, inshaAllah. And the others are in nafil i'tikaf. Whatever time we have, you are in the masjid. From the a'mal of the last ten nights of Ramadan, from the a'mal that are for the last ten nights of Ramadan is i'tikaf. To remain in the masjid. To cling to the masjid. Not to leave the masjid. So there are a fortunate few who are given the tawfiq to spend the entire ten days and nights in the masjid, in i'tikaf. Like we say, the sunnah i'tikaf. But that does not mean that the others are totally left out. No, we should also avail ourselves and come whenever we have the time during the day and especially during the night and more so during the odd nights of the last ten nights. The 21st night like tonight, 23rd night on Sunday and so on. So that we can maximize, so that we can benefit because Laylatul Qadr is the best night of the year. There is no other year that is better than potentially tonight. Laylatul Qadr khayrun min alfi shahr. Better than a thousand months. 
not equal to a thousand months, better than a thousand months. Ibadat on a night of Qadr is better than Ibadat for 83 years and four months. And this is a special favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this ummah. This is a khususiyat and a speciality that Allah bestowed the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with. The previous ummahs never had Laylatul Qadr and such virtue. The previous ummahs used to live for hundreds of years. So they used to physically engage in ibadat of Allah for 100, 200, 300 years of ibadat. This ummah, we have a shorter lifespan. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has still facilitated for us <clears throat> so many deeds by which the rewards are multiplied many fold. So within the short lifespan, we are able to engage in ibadah that equals volumes of volumes, volumes of ibadah and equals decades of ibadah and centuries of ibadah. Laylatul Qadr, Allah didn't give us one such night in our entire life. Allah gave us one such night every year. Every year in our lives from the time we reached puberty till now. Some of us saw 10 such years, some saw 20 such years, some saw 50 such years. So 50 such nights Allah blessed us with in our, in our lives. And if we got that night in ibadah, then imagine 50 times 83 years. How many hundreds of years of ibadah thawab Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accredit us for in our book of deeds. So this is a great opportunity from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And only comes once a year. For this night, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would spend the entire ten nights in, in the masjid. The entire sunnah i'atikaf, what's the purpose of the i'atikaf? The first and primary purpose was to search for Laylatul Qadr and to be able to get Laylatul Qadr while being in the house of Allah, while being engaged in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us to leave our environment, to leave our home, to leave our families, to leave our businesses and our associates and free everything and come into the masjid and engage in i'tikaf. So important is that night. Give up everything else. It's worth it. Give everything else up. And come here and spend ten. And out of the ten, one is the lucky night. Obviously, all the other nights, the ibadah we will engage in, we will get reward. But the actual climax is one of those ten nights. But for that one we are taught to spend 10 nights in the masjid. Meaning it is worth it for you to spend 10 nights just to get one. And to give up everything outside the masjid. To give everything up and come here. Such is the value of Laylatul Qadr. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned Laylatul Qadr even before Ramadan started. On the last day of Sha'ban, the famous hadith of Salman radiallahu anhu, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam introduced the month of Ramadan to the Sahaba and explain to them the different deeds and a'mal for Ramadan. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at the beginning of the hadith. Ya ayyuhal nas, qad adhallakum shahrun azimun, shahrun mubarakun, shahrun fihi laylatun khayrun min alfi shahr. And the third sentence. O oh, oh, oh people, the hadith starts, O oh people, a, a blessed month. Qad adhallakum shahrun azim, a great month has dawned upon you. Shahrun Mubarakun, a blessed month, a Mubarak month. And then the third thing he told them, Shahrun fihi laylatun khayrun min alfi shahr. A month in which there is one night that is better than a thousand months. Three weeks in advance, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling the sahaba that that night is coming. 
Because that is the climax, that is the peak of the, of the month of Ramadan. And for that we are taught to leave everything. I'atikaf, some ulama explain in essence is what? قَطْعُ الْعَلَائِقِ عَنِ الْخَلَائِقِ To cut off all our ties with the creation. To cut off all your ties with the creation and devote yourself to the creator. That is the essence of i'atikaf. So when we are in the masjid, when we are engaging in i'atikaf, then we have to ensure that we have cut off everything from outside. Like we have physically left our families, our homes, our businesses, etc. and our, and our associates and come here, we should also leave it virtually. The cell phone is the greatest distraction. The greatest distraction wherever you are. And more so now in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So while we are in the house of Allah, even if we are in sunnah i'atikaf for full 10 days and 10 nights, as, you know, as, mu- as much as possible, avoid even picking up that cell phone. In fact, the idea is not even to bring the cell phone to the masjid. Some person may have some special need. Some person may have somebody at home who, who might need him for some emergency, some elderly person in the home, etc. Or the wife is, is expecting. There may be some kind of a reason, then it is different. But if we don't have that kind of a need, then do ourselves a favor. Do ourselves a favor and leave that phone out of the masjid. Or switch that phone off. And for those of us that come for nafil atikaf, the same. In fact, on especially on odd nights, whether you are in the masjid or you are at home, the cell phone should be switched off. Or bare minimum, social media should be switched off. Internet should be off on that phone. No distractions. Nothing to take me away because this is my opportunity to get my forgiveness from Allah. 360 other nights of the year, you are doing what you want. Within the framework of sharia. But here, this one night, let us save that time. Don't waste time on, on the devices. Don't waste time gossiping. Don't waste time sitting and chatting away with friends. This night should be spent in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you cannot do it the entire night, then go and sleep. Bare minimum is abstain from sin. And the, and the cell phone is, is, a, is a device of distraction and ultimately a device of sin. It's a tool for haram. A tool that doesn't only assist, but rather it pushes and forces a person towards haram on so many occasions. How many a times we picked up the phone? For a particular reason. But when you saw the notifications, and you went through one after the other, by the time you finished clearing the notifications, you forgot why you picked up the phone. Such is the distraction. So we do not want that distraction on an auspicious night like tonight. A night where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam devoted ten nights. So you can get that one night. While we are in the masjid, we should abide also by the adab of the masjid. No raising of voices. We should not disturb people who are sleeping, especially those who are in the sunnah atikaf. Avoid making noise in general in the masjid. But more so when it is time and people are resting. Those who are in sunnah atikaf should be wary not to leave the masjid for no valid reason, which will then break the atikaf. A valid reason is to go answer the call of nature and to make wudu. That is a valid reason. Or to take a faris bath. To leave the masjid just to go freshen up and take a bath just to freshen yourself up is not permissible, not allowed. A person who does that is at his sunnah, at breaks. So we should avoid leaving the masjid. On the right hand side, the veranda area is also part of masjid. Many a times, in other words, if we step out there, the atikaf will not break. But sometimes we tend to lower our guard when we are there. And we don't realize we are inside the masjid. 
So people sit there, gang up, start talking, gossiping, raising the voices. And Allah save us, many people don't even realize, they end up smoking on the balcony. Like is any other balcony. You are inside the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's like you are here and lighting up a cigarette. So that is also part of the masjid. So the sanctity of the masjid should be maintained. And when we say you should not step out of the masjid for any valid reason, that is referring to the demarcated area of the masjid, not the entire building. Not, not stepping out of the doors of the masjid. But within the masjid there is a boundary which has been allocated. That this section is masjid and outside the boundary, although it falls within the building, but is referred to as the sehen area, the courtyard of the masjid. So that is clearly marked and we are generally aware of this. So that is what is referred to when we say you should not step out of the masjid, meaning masjid proper, which has been demarcated as the proper masjid in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The courtyard area, meaning the part, the sehen, is not included in masjid proper. The wuzu khana area at the back, the first five taps from the corner, also part of the masjid. So if there's a need to go wash your hand, make wudu, there is no need to unnecessarily go out of the masjid for that. The taps are here inside the masjid. <coughs> While you are in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to engage in ibadah as much as possible. The, and the greatest thing we can do, the greatest thing we can do is to earn our forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever we are doing in life, in terms of our deen, in terms of a'mal, in terms of ibadah, is to gain the forgiveness of Allah and ultimately get Jannah. The greatest barrier between us and the forgiveness of Allah, the greatest barrier between us and the mercy of Allah, the greatest barrier between us and Jannah, is our, our sins. A man's sins is what will deprive him of, of Jannah, deprive him of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha, the most beloved of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the most beloved human being to him was Sayyida Aisha. And she asked him, O Nabi of Allah, if we get <coughs> Laylatul Qadr, what should we do? In other words, is there something special, something you can tell me that I must do on this night? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells her, read the dua. Allahumma innaka afuun, tuhibbul afwa, fa'afu anni. O oh Allah, you are most forgiving. You love to forgive, so forgive me. That's all. In other words, it all boils down to getting your sins forgiven by Allah, to earning your maghfirat and your complete forgiveness on the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You achieve that and alhamdulillah you've achieved everything. To achieve that we engage in salah, we engage in dua, we engage in tilawat of Quran, we make dhikr of Allah. All of that is the process that we engage in to ultimately get the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But one should never forget to specifically and to formally engage in tawbah, formally cry in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our dua, and beg Allah to forgive our sins, and name the sins, name it, oh Allah, this is the, oh Allah, I, you know, I don't read my salah punctually, oh Allah, I don't fast properly, oh Allah, I did this haram, and I did that haram, and that wrong, and I looked at wrong, and I heard wrong, and I earned from haram, and I spent on haram, ya Allah, forgive me for all the sins, Ya Allah, I will never go back to this sin. Formally make tawbah and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. To, to ulama explain, there are three steps for tawbah. Number one is for a person to desist and stop the wrong that he is engaged in. Whatever that wrong may have been, you have to stop it. You can't be asking Allah to forgive us while you are continuing with the wrong. Then this is a superficial tawbah. This is not a sincere tawbah. So stop that sin. And number two, regret from the bottom of the heart. 
from the bottom of the heart regret that you have committed this, this wrong, that regret should not be regret because somebody caught you in the in this sin. Or regret because you lost out and you, have, you, you, know, you had to pay so much more damages, etc. Or because you, know, you are being humiliated. No, that regret should be because you disobeyed your Creator. I regret disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that being who has blessed me with everything. And that being who is capable of taking everything away and destroying me completely. So out of the fear of Allah also we should be regretting. Regret that I disobeyed Allah who is so qadir, who is so capable that he can punish me now and now. And I'll have no chance. And thereafter the third step is for a person to make a, to have a, determ- a determination never to return to that wrong. Oh Allah, I'm never going to go back to this sin. Sincerely from your heart say that. After a person does this sincerely, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah will forgive him. Thereafter, if he falls into the sin again, again you make tawbah. Again Allah will forgive. But each time the tawbah needs to be sincere. And if it is sincere, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to give us hope tells us, وَلَوْ عَادَ فِي الْيَوْمِ سَبْعِينَ مَرَّةً Even if this happens 70 times on one day, 70 times, oh Allah, forgive me. Cry for Allah. Allah forgave the sin. And then a person fell into the same wrong again. And then again, sincerely, the condition, he must be sincere in his tawbah. Sincerely, oh Allah, forgive me. And Allah forgives him. And then again, he falls into the sin. Even if this had to happen 70 times on one day, don't lose hope. Turn back to Allah. Allah loves that we go back to Him and go back and go back begging for forgiveness. In this dunya, a person may overlook your wrong one time. He may overlook it a second time and may want a favor from you also for overlooking that, that mistake of yours. And after that, he's going to get angry. He's going to refuse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treats us in the complete opposite way. Inna Allah loves those who always engage in tawbah. Those who repeatedly make tawbah. All the time if somebody is turning to Allah in tawbah, Allah loves it. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam here is giving us that hope that no matter how much of sin and how many times you are committing this sin, turn back to Allah, turn back to Allah, turn back to Allah. Because really respected friends and allies, if a person is deprived of the forgiveness of Allah, he can't be forgiven by Allah, then that is a great musibah, a great calamity. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu used to say on nights like these, Ya Layta Sha'ri, if only we know who is that person that has been accepted by Allah and forgiven, so we may congratulate him. And who is that person who has been rejected on, by Allah on this night, that we may console him, because this is a calamity that has befallen him. We identify the loss of material things as calamities. And fair enough, they are calamities. In the floods that has now recently affected so many areas near to us, it's a calamity. People have lost their homes. People have lost their businesses. People have lost their livelihoods. A lot of loss. And they still continue to bear the brunt in many areas of, the, of those losses. The looting last year, many people lost. That was a calamity. COVID also was a calamity. But respected friends and elders, what's the worst that can happen? The worst is a man dies. He leaves this dunya. If somebody left this dunya, he never regained that stock that he lost in the looting. He never regained, he never managed to rebuild his house that was damaged in the floods. It's not going to affect him after he closed his eyes. Not going to affect him after he left this dunya. So it was a calamity. But that calamity was for as long as he was alive. But if a person left this dunya and his sins were not forgiven by Allah, he left this dunya and he went to the akhirah taking all the wrongs with him. 
then that calamity doesn't become, doesn't end. Rather, it's actually only starting now when he closes his eyes. Then in front of him, unless Allah showers him with mercy, in front of him is azab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he went to Allah and he took with him the zina that he committed in this dunya, he took with him the music that he used to listen to, he took with him the drugs that he used to, he used to engage in, the alcohol, the womanizing, the riba, the looking at haram, the speaking of haram, He's taking that and going, he never get his sins washed here and go clean to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then ultimately that is the greatest musibah. فَإِنَّهَا مُصِيبَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ Ulama say, it is a great catastrophe for a person not to be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on nights like tonight. On a night like tonight when Allah engulfs the globe with forgiveness. That person who will be deprived of the forgiveness of Allah will truly be one who is really you know, doomed, one who is wretched, one who has been completely deprived. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we maximize our benefit from every night that has remained in the month of Ramadan and every, specifically every odd night and starting from tonight, respected friends and elders. On nights like these, our ulama generally encourage that we, that we also perform Salatul Tasbih. <coughs> Salatul Tasbih is actually a hadiyah and a gift that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave to the ummah. On one occasion, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam addressed his uncle, Sayyidina Abbas radiyallahu anhu. And he tells him, Oh my beloved uncle, should I not offer you something? Should I not give you something? Should I not confer you with some gift? Different words were used, one after the other. Sayyidina Abbas obviously said, Yes, O Nabi of Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then explained to him Salatul Tasbih. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells him, Oh my uncle, if you can, I mean this salat is such, this salat is such, غفر الله لك ذنبك. If you offer this salat, Allah will forgive your sins. أوله وآخره The first and the last sin. صَغِيرَهُ وَكَبِيرَهُ The minor and the major sin. سِرَّهُ وَعَلَانِيَتَهُ The sins you committed in private and secret and the sins you committed in public and openly. قَدِيمَهُ وَحَدِيثَهُ Your old and new sins. Meaning every sin of yours will be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are very few deeds, respected friends and elders, that yield or that bring forgiveness for even the major sin. Generally when we hear a person who makes wudu, then every limb that he washes in wudu, the sins committed by that limb are forgiven. That refers to the minor sins. After making wudu, a person is two rakat salah, his sins are forgiven. That refers to his minor sins. For major sins to be forgiven, we have to engage in formal tawbah like was discussed. But the amal of salatul tasbih is unique. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam clarified and he mentioned in four different sentences. That your sins will be forgiven. All your sins, small, big, old, new, first and last, secret or public, every sin will be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So powerful is the salah. Therefore, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then made a plea to his uncle. And via that a plea to the ummah. That if you can, then offer the salah every day of your life. If you can't read the salah daily, read it once a week on a jumu'ah. If you can't read it weekly, read it once a month. If you can't do it once a month, do it once in a year. See how Rasulullah is begging and pleading. Because this is something very, very valuable. 
you must do it. You must engage in it. It's like some person sending, you know, his beloved is visiting a particular area. His son is going on some holiday or his son is going to a certain place. He tells him, make sure you go to this particular place and you have this meal. Make sure you go and you eat this here and make sure you go to that place. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is addressing his uncle and via him the ummah, me and you. That make sure you read this salah. If not daily, then weekly. If not weekly, then monthly. If not monthly, then once a year. And if not once a year, oh my uncle, read it even one time in your life. Once also in your life, make sure at least you read this, this salah once. That's how valuable this salah is. So we will end by mentioning the format of the Salatul Tasbih. And on nights like these, we should engage in Salatul Tasbih. 20 minutes, 20 minutes, little bit more, little bit less, it takes of our time. But here we're fulfilling, firstly we will be appreciating the hadiyah that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam offered the ummah. And this is a great gift. And secondly, the plea of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that make sure you read this salah. There are different formats of reading Salatul Tasbih. So if anybody is used to a particular format, he can continue with that format. The, the format I'm going to mention is one that is quite simple in my opinion. And mentioned by senior ulama like Imam Abdullah bin Mubarak rahimahullah and preferred by him. It has come in the hadith. So a person will start by making the intention that I'm reading four rakats, Nafil Salatul Tasbih for the sake of Allah facing the Qibla. And start the Salah. It's four rakats. And it is called Salatul Tasbih because we will be repeating the Tasbih a lot in the Salah. What we refer to as the third kalima, Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar. That much is enough also. But if somebody adds Wala hawla wala quwwata illa billah, MashaAllah, it will be better. But if you only read Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar, also it's sufficient. This Tasbih will be read 300 times in the Salah. When you start the salah, after reading the thana, before the surah Fatiha, you will read this 15 times. In every rakah, this will be the format. 15 times before surah Fatiha. And thereafter, at every other juncture that I will explain to you, you will read it 10 times. So 15 at the beginning of the rakat, before the surah Fatiha. After you read surah Fatiha and your surah, before going into ruku' 10 times. In your ruku, after you complete that normal Subhana Rabbi al uh, Subhana Rabbi al Azim three times or five times or whatever amount of times you want to recite, and if you're reading any other du'as in your ruku, when you finish that, then you read this tasbih another ten times. When you stand up from the ruku, we will first do what we normally do, Rabbana Alakal Hamd. And if some are used to reading the lengthier du'a at that time, finish that du'a and then recite this tasbih another ten times. In essence, at the end of every posture, you will read it ten times. At the beginning of the qiyam, beginning of the salah, the beginning of the rak'at, 15. At the end of the rak'at, before ruku, 10. In the ruku, at the end of your ruku, 10. When you stand up, before going into sajda, another 10. In the sajda, at the end of the sajda, meaning after you, you recite subhana rabbi al-a'la, how many times, or you're reading other du'as, at the end of that, before you raise your head, 10 times, you read this tasbih. Between the two sajdas, before going for the second sajda, another 10 times. And before raising the head from the second sajda, another ten times. Seventy-five times in each rakat. So three hundred times in, in four rakats of salah. Each rakat you'll do it like this. After two rakats you sit in tashahud like normal. You will not read this tasbih in your tashahud according to this method. Then when you stand up for the third rakat, again you will start with the fifteen, followed by ten at the end of each rakat. If at the, at the end of each posture. 
And if a person forgot to read at any particular point, then he can make up for it at the next junction. So if you forgot the 15 at the beginning of the rak'at, then at the end before going into ruku', you read that 15 and then the 10, and so on. You can make up for it like that. And while we are reading, you can press your fingers to count, to press your fingers in that way to keep account 5 and then 10 and 15. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq of valuing these moments. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such that by the end of this night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven all our sins, minor and major sins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings about a complete change in our life, a complete metamorphosis. Respected friends and elders, look around us. The amount of taklif, the amount of suffering, not only around us, within us. Within us there is so much of suffering, so much of, difficult, so much of challenges of different forms. It is high time now that we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make that change once and for all. Spending time in the house of Allah can bring about that change. We find people going out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or people sitting for itikaf. If the time is spent properly, then the, the house of Allah is the reservoir of hidayah. It's the fountainhead of hidayah. This is where hidayah, this is, where hidayah is produced, so to say. So when you are in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, spend your time correctly and Allah will bless us with hidayat. Many people sat for sunnah atikaf. One sunnah atikaf they sat and they spent their time correctly and that changed their life till the end of their lives. That made such a change that lasted to the end of their lives. When they were set for that first atikaf of theirs, maybe they were not so particular about the sunnah dressing. Maybe they never had a beard. Maybe they were not so particular with salah. They were not, hajj was far as they never went for hajj. But after sitting for that atikaf and spending that time properly, realization came in. And a complete change came in the life. And mashallah, after that they led their lives according to the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us tawfiq and inspire us. Akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidina Muhammadi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله وإليك يرجع الأمر كله على نيته وسره اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد مفتاح خزائن رحمتك اللهم افتح لنا بسيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما أغلق علينا من خير الدنيا والآخرة اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة ترضيك وترضيه وترضى بها عنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا 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 اللهم إنك عفو كريم رحيم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا كلها يا أرحم الراحمين دقها وجلها أولها وآخرها علانيتها وسرها اللهم اغفر لنا يا ذا الجلال والإكرام 
يا أرحم الراحمين يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا حي يا قيوم يا الله forgive all our sins يا الله يا الله forgive our minor sins and our major sins يا الله يا الله our sins have destroyed us يا أرحم الراحمين يا الله you are aware of every minute sin that we have committed يا الله يا الله you are fully aware of the minor and the major sins يا الله the sins we have committed in, in open and sins we have committed in secret يا أرحم الراحمين يا الله we regret we regret from the bottom of our hearts that we have disobeyed you, Ya Allah. At every opportunity, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, whenever there was an opportunity for sin, we indulged. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, we have become so used to sinning, Ya Adal Jalali wa Ikram. Ya Allah, we make a firm pledge, Ya Allah, we're never going to go back to a life of sin again, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you bless us with hidayat, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Complete forgiveness and complete hidayat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the tawfiq of leading a life of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Give us tawfiq of upholding every single command of yours, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Ya Adal Jalali wa Ikram. Forgive the sins of our parents, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins of our wives and children, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins of our, our friends and well-wishers, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Ya Allah, forgive the sins of the entire Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Adal Jalali wa Ikram. The Ummah is in such a pitiful state, Ya Allah. Undoubtedly, it is our wrongs and our sin that has brought these conditions upon us. But Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, You are Kareem, Ya Allah. You love to forgive, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. On a night like tonight, Ya Allah, make the decision of complete forgiveness for the entire Ummah, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Ya Allah, change the conditions for the better, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, You inspire us to do those a'mal that will bring about Your mercy once again, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, engulf us in Your complete mercy, Ya Dal Jalali wa Ikram. Ya Hayyu, Ya Qayyum, give us the tawfiq of reading all our salat with jamaat in the masjid. Ya Allah, give us the tawfiq of fasting properly in the month of Ramadan. Discharging our zakat correctly, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Going for hajj when it is farz upon us, Ya Dal Jalali wa Ikram. Accept us, Ya Allah, for spreading your deen to, to the four corners of the globe, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Ya Allah, accept our children and our progenies, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us afiyat fiddareen. Grant us complete safety and security and divine protection from your side, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, ultimately, when we have to leave this dunya, Ya Allah, let it be with, with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, on our lips, Ya Allah. Ya Dal Jalal wal Ikram, make it easy for us in the qabr, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make the hayat of barzakh easy for us, Ya Allah. Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, you have showed us with so many ni'mats in this temporary world, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to increase your ni'mats upon us here also and in the life after mot- after death, Ya Dal Jalali wa Ikram. In the life of the qabr and barzakh, Ya Allah. On the day of qiyamah, keep us in your mercy, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. And grant us jannatul firdaus, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect us from the fire of Jahannam. Ya Allah, protect our family and children from the fire of Jahannam. Protect our, our, our parents and our satida, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, from Jahannam. Protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Arhamar Rahimeen, we cannot take the flame of a candle in this dunya, Ya Allah. And the flames of Jahannam are 70 times more intense than the fires of the dunya. Ya Allah, we will never be able to bear that, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, have mercy on us, Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. And give us complete hidayat and tawfiq to do those a'mal that ultimately you will accept and use to protect us from Jahannam and grant us entry without hisab kitab into Jannatul Firdaus. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sami'ul alim wa tub alayna innaka anta tawabur rahim. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifuna wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillah.